0: Honestly, the biggest mistake somebody can make is spreading themselves too thin across both tests simultaneously. To me, that's like going to both Burger King and McDonald's for dinner. You're basically spending twice the money, twice the time, and twice the energy for two things that ultimately serve the exact
1: same purpose. From Test Takers, this is the Hashtag Prep Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn more about standardized testing and college admissions so that you can help your students navigate this important time with accurate and insightful information. Hosted by Test Taker's Director of Development, Andrew Naniyakara, and Director of Personnel, Jeremy Free. So prepare to learn the secrets that will help your students gain clarity, reduce stress, and work smarter, not harder. This is the Hashtag Prep Podcast. Welcome to Hashtag Prepped. My name is Naka, and on this episode of Hashtag Prepped, our season premiere for season two, we're going to be discussing one of the most important questions parents ask us, which is, what test should my student take, the SAT or the ACT? Both tests are very similar, but do have unique differences, especially when it comes to the preparation. To help me discuss that today, we have Frank Miller, the founder and president of Test Takers, and our senior site director, Brian Corden, to help us discuss the ins and outs of the SAT versus the ACT.
0: Thanks, Naka. So yeah, we get this question a lot, obviously. Should we prep for the ACT or the ST or both? Honestly, the biggest mistake somebody can make is spreading themselves too thin across both tests simultaneously. To me, that's like going to both Burger King and McDonald's for dinner. You're basically spending twice the money, twice the time, and twice the energy for two things that ultimately serve the exact same purpose. So it's far more economical from pretty much any standpoint. To just pick one and stick with it, do a deep dive, rather than spreading yourself thin across both tests. If you want our opinion here, we generally say you probably want to start with the SAT, simply because most schools offer the PSAT for students for the National Merit uh, Scholarship Competition. And if you're already used to the format of the PSAT, the SAT is basically the exact same thing. So since you have that familiarity already laid out, just go with the SAT.
1: I think the funniest joke there is Brian saying he's going to McDonald's and Burger King. I've personally never seen this man anywhere near a fast food restaurant in my whole life. But before we get into the content, I just quickly want to talk about the scoring on both tests. The SAT is scored out of 1600, and the ACT is scored out of 36. So just so the parents know what those numbers represent. Brian, can you give us a deep dive on the content on both tests? Yeah, definitely. So the SAT and the ACT
0: are both for colleges, they're accepted at all colleges across the country, so it's not a concern about whether or not my college will accept it. All colleges will take either test. But they're both standardized exams, so they're all set to a bell curve. So even if one test ultimately feels easier than, than the other test, you know, the, bell, the way a bell curve works is it's going to be easier for everybody, so you're just going to fall in the same spot. So probably for about 90% of students, you're really going to score about the same, the equivalent score on the two tests. The main differences between the exams are that the ACT has a lot more advanced math on it and this kind of notorious science section. So the science section of the ACT is really more of another reading section than actual science knowledge. There is a little bit of science knowledge tested here and there. Things like knowing what happens to a molecule as the temperature will increase or maybe understanding what photosynthesis is. But they're not going to ask you the chemical weight of an element or something. It's not an SAT two or an AP test in biology or chemistry or physics. It's really a test where you're given a few passages to read and then questions about that passage. And the passages will describe experiments or studies, things along that line, those lines. So the, it's, it's more a matter of reading quickly and analyzing charts and data and graphics in the science section than it is about a test of your science knowledge. You definitely would not need a science tutor to do well in the science section. The reading and writing sections are very similar. In fact, the writing section is almost identical between the SAT and the ACT. Grammar is grammar is grammar is grammar. You can't really test grammar any differently on one test than another test since it's pretty objective. So the ACT will also have those grammatical questions and the expression of ideas questions that we find on the SAT in the same format. You read a passage, parse the passage or underline, you pick the answer that fixes the error in the passage the reading section of the ACT is similar to the SAT section in that you get a passage to read and a bunch of questions to answer about what that passage told you. There are slight differences in terms of the way the questions are asked on the ACT. You're not going to see those command of evidence questions that the SAT has. The questions generally are not going to guide you quite explicitly to line references as the SAT does, and the questions aren't as in order chronologically as they appear in the passage as they tend to be on the SAT. And then the math section, whereas SAT math stops at very early trig. We're talking Sokotoa, and that's pretty much it. The ACT goes significantly further. You're gonna have things like matrices and asymptotes and a lot more advanced trigonometry, identities, cosecant, cotangent, secant. A lot more geometry, in fact, 30% of the ACT is geometry, unlike the SAT, which has at most three or four geometry questions. In addition to that, you'll see sequences and series, uh, combinations and permutations, polar coordinates, just a lot more advanced. Logarithms are also on the ACT. So in terms of content, the ACT is the mathier test. There's more math, And the questions are sort of more direct application of those math concepts.
1: Brian, thank you for the breakdown on the content. But as we could probably all agree, the timing is one of the biggest challenges when it comes to these standardized tests. Frank, could you give us a breakdown on how the timing is on both tests?
2: Yeah, the timing is one of the major or perhaps the major difference between the SAT and the ACT. Any student who's taken both of them recognizes this right away, flat out the ACT requires you to move much faster than the SAT does. To give you a sense, for the test overall, the SAT is 3 hours, the ACT is 2 hours and 55 minutes, basically the same amount of time. The SAT has a total of 154 questions, and the ACT has a total of 215 questions. If you were to do a little math, you'd figure out that the ACT requires you to move 43% faster overall than the SAT, Now, of course, one could say, well, maybe those ACT questions are a little bit more, uh, a little quicker to answer. And there there might be some truth to that. But let's take the section uh, that's most similar between these two tests, what's called the writing section on the SAT and what's called the English section on the ACT. Those two sections are almost identical in their format and and in the concepts tested. In the case of the SAT, you're asked to answer 44 questions in 35 minutes, And on the ACT of very similar type questions, you're asked to answer 75 questions in 45 minutes. You get an extra 10 minutes to answer 31 questions on the ACT. If you do the math there, you'll discover that the ACT is requiring you to do 33% more questions per minute of question types that are very similar. So there's this timing issue. And related to that timing issue is the ACT in general tends to test things on a little bit more superficial level. So you move quickly, perhaps you're not thinking so deeply on a lot of these questions. And so as a result, after the test, this affects how the students feel. And I know having spoken to a lot of students, there's a general sense after the SAT that they've really strained their brains and they're mentally tired. The ACT often provides a a less of a uh, less of a response like that, and more like oh that was fine. I just went through it because I was quickly answering questions, just rapid fire, and they weren't asking me to think too deeply. So a lot of times after taking practices in both, the students feel perhaps a little bit lighter after the ACT. But here's the thing: don't confuse that with actually the ACT being preferable, because first of all, these tests, as Brian alluded to, are ultimately taking students and comparing them to each other. So, if the test is easy for everybody, you're still being compared to everybody else on the easy test. Think of them as basically, take if you take 100 students who took the SAT, think of them as being lined up on a line according to their scores. And then let's give those same 100 students an ACT, and let's line that, them up from lowest score to highest score, regardless of what those numbers actually are, but just lowest to highest. The first thing I'll tell you is, 90 to 95% of those 100 kids are not going to substantially change their position. Those who score the highest on the SAT will generally be those who score the highest on the ACT. There'll be a few moves, but by and large, they will stay in the same position. So even if the one test is uh, gives you more time, that's the SAT, or the other one seems more superficial, that's the ACT, that doesn't make one test preferable or not preferable over the other. Let's take this now over to the prep angle of it. okay? And there are a couple of reasons why, from a prep angle, I actually prefer the SAT as your start test. The first reason is this whole issue of timing adds an entirely added dimension to the prep. Okay? When we prepare students, our first concern is let's make sure they understand the content that they need to understand for the test. Great. It's nice that on the SAT, in most instances, you're sort of done at that point. Once they understand the content and some test-taking techniques, now they can just practice. On the ACT, much more often than on the SAT, you now have this added component of, okay, you understand the content, but can you answer these questions quickly enough in order to get a good score or a good score improvement? And I would love to not have that added component in the preparation. It's simply another part of the preparation that is unnecessary generally on the the SAT. One other point about it, while I'm on the idea of why uh, I have a slight preference for the SAT as the starter test is, Uh, Superscoring. Superscoring simply is this. For a student who takes a test multiple times, and who submits multiple test results to a college, the college can decide what they want to do with those multiple scores. But the most common thing for an SAT is for a college to look at multiple test scores and say, we're going to take the top math score and the top English score, even if those were on two different SAT administration dates. The ACT can also be superscored, but I will tell you having done a fair amount of research into this, that is less common on the ACT than the SAT. So to get full advantage of superscoring, I recommend for most students to start with the SAT. As Brian said, don't do both, okay, start with the SAT. See yourself fully through the preparation on that. And only once you feel like you've really maxed out on your SAT, you've done everything reasonable that you can do, sure, if on a LARC, you wanna start working on the ACT, I think that's fine. P.S., I don't think in most cases it's gonna make a tremendous difference. But if, if that's at that point when you have when you have not much more to do on the SAT, if you want to add the ACT, I think that makes a lot of sense. One
0: final point I'd make about the ACT in terms of uh, taking it. You might have heard that you can take just a single subject on a retake for the ACT. So if you've heard that, for what it's worth, it's, it's important that you know that has been delayed due to the coronavirus uh, that is not currently available to students. So if you had heard, oh, I can take the ACT, and then if I need to retake only the science, I can sign up and take only the science. That is not currently available. It is still planned. It is not clear when that will actually be rolled out. Uh, The ACT is, however, saying that when they do roll that out, they plan on that being a digital format only. And I can tell you with the lack of response to uh, the general ability to put these standardized tests online,
2: that will probably come with a few hiccups, and I don't foresee that happening in the very near future. And just to piggyback off that information that Brian just gave you, there's also no indication that the colleges are going to be accepting the single test, the single subject scores that ACT plans to roll out at some point. And there is some evidence that there will be some pushback from the schools for a variety of reasons. So that's not something one can count on until it's actually being implemented and accepted by the colleges.
1: To conclude our Season 2 premiere of Hashtag prepped, I'll leave everybody with our Hashtag Prep Pro Tip, and that will be to start with your SAT prep and then pivot to your ACT if needed. Both tests are very similar regarding the content. The biggest issue for students will be the timing, but since students will also be seeing the PSAT first, it's best to start with your SAT. If you have any questions or want more clarification, feel free to reach out to anyone here at Test Takers. Sitting across from me is Frank Pamilla and Brian Corden. My name is Naka, and this is... Hashtag press.